As a seventh grader, she went to her pastor and asked if she could start a bus ministry. As a teenager, Becky was challenged by God to choose him over popularity. Well, she chose God, and ever since, he's been breaking her heart for what breaks his. She's a reformer, and she's on a mission to help others find the reformer spirit in themselves. She's also one of my pastors. So today we do a background check on Pastor Becky Hennessy. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead, check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast. I'm your host, J. Dan Gum, and uh, is always brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with the past realize their future. So good, um, so good to be back on a regular schedule. It's really, it was, it was so tough. You know, we, uh, I think we got our house sold, and the fundraiser's over. There's a lot of follow-up stuff I still have to do, and we still have a busy season coming up, but there's a little bit of rest like there wasn't any rest for six weeks. So, uh, and, that, and that's the reason I skipped a week without telling you guys. And uh, again, I apologized last week, but I apologize again this week. So, uh, man, it's, uh, it's good to be back. We have a guest today. I'll talk about her more later, but uh, I'm, it's been a while since we've had a guest and I'm, I'm very happy. So background check podcast, what do we do here? We're telling, we're telling stories. We're just, you know, telling stories of people's, past, whether that past includes struggles, uh, victories, celebrations, trauma, addiction, incarceration. You know, there's always something in our past that that really uh, equips us, that we, that we went through, that equips us and prepares us for the future. And, uh, you know, when you hear somebody with a story that, you know, tells what they're doing now has a lot to do with what they went through. And, you know, I mean, there's going to be people on here with incarceration, addiction, but not everybody's going to have those stories. You know, some people, uh, like like our guest today, you know, has, has always been in the church, has always served God, but it's always been our passion to help others that were in, you know, addiction and stuff like that. So anyway, it's, it's going to be fun. Um, glad we're back on a regular schedule. You probably didn't notice, uh, but I, I do, I have been getting letters from y'all, uh, you guys in prison, in jails, that uh, there was a there was an interruption in the RSS feed, uh, which is the feed that updates the podcast episodes. But I'm told that that is fixed, and you should be getting all the episodes from June 18th to to this week. So thank you guys for listening in prison. Uh, maybe some of y'all have missed some of the shout outs, but um, anyway, glad you guys are listening. Listen, we had a great North Texas Giving Day again. We we raised we ended up raising over seventy five thousand uh, dollars. We're, we're about to start the uh, the planning phases for the welding workshop, so we're 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 just excited. We're we're really excited. Some good things are happening um, on the criminal justice reform front. We're gonna have um, 
state representative on here at the end of the month to talk about some of the bills, talk about, you know, uh, different things. So we're excited. But you know what? Uh, I don't really have any more announcements right now. We're just going to get straight to our guest. She has been a longtime friend. They came to our church in the early 90s to pastor, to lead pastor uh, Jim and Becky Hennessy at Trinity Church in Cedar Hill. And they they were only there like a year, year and a half maybe, and I got into trouble. And it was my first time to, to really get into bad trouble. Um, the, it was like I got into trouble, and the, the two or three times before that, I never got went to court for. So this, this time, it was bad. And um, I was on probation for two years. And I would come up to work with my mom every every day at school. I, they, they gave me a job in the cafeteria. And all of a sudden, you know, my license was suspended. I couldn't drive anywhere. And I had to get to probation. And Pastor Becky saw me and she's like, you know, what do you need? And and my mom and I were like, can you take, can you take me to probation? And so she's like, sure. Imagine that, you know, a uh, pastor's wife of a, of a large church. It was large back then, uh, like it is now, but coming and, and one of your first servant duties is taking a, uh, you know, a criminal to his probation meetings, but she did it. And I could tell then that she had a heart. I wasn't through with my shenanigans at that point, but I always look back at that moment in life and realize that there are people out there that are willing to get their hands dirty and willing to help broken people put the pieces back together. So uh, she's a she's a pastor. She co-pastors with her husband at Trinity Church Cedar Hill. We got a uh, she's got a conference that she founded that she started called Reformers Collective, and we're going to put all the information on the show notes. But it's a it's a gathering of reformers, and you're going to hear us talking about her how how the reformers heart you know, started in her, but it's a great interview, but she's got a conference coming up. That's why we're doing this interview. Now I'm going to be leading a panel on criminal justice at this conference. If you're a reformer in any way, or if you think you are, if you have a passion stirred up inside you and you don't know what to do with it, this conference is going to have uh, foster care, education, government, TV, Hollywood. I mean, every element you could think of where it, you might have a passion to go into and bring God's solution to, to your community in that area. It, it, it's going to be amazing. So, uh, so here we go. Let's do a background check on Pastor Becky Hennessy. Pastor Becky, welcome to Background Check Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jay Dan. This you, is I've been waiting. I've been waiting for you to invite me. I know, <laughs> and you even made me the only boy. On your podcast, I don't know if it's still. I'm still the only boy. You are. You're the only boy. <laughs> so uh, it, that was that was an honor, you know, um, to come on your podcast and share. Um, what you don't know is that a couple people text me after that. So we heard you on Becky's podcast, and they donated to Forgiven Felons. So, so good. Thank That's you. Awesome. Thank you very much. <laughs> and. Uh, well, I'm part of your story, so I get. I'm glad that we're going to get to talk about um, that. So, you know, that one time, do you remember Jay Dan when um, you needed a ride to your y'all, probation y'all officer? Were, y'all were new, y'all were very new at Trinity. I think only a year, year and a half. Yeah, my that. son was in your mom's class. Yeah. Your mom was uh, Ryan's 
teacher sixth at school. Sixth grade teacher, yeah. And so she needed someone to take her son to the probation officer. So I was like, I'll do it. Because I was coming up every day with her because she, w- she didn't want me staying at home. She's like, if you're going to live with us during, you know, and during this time of getting back on your feet, you're going to come up to the school. And eventually I started working at the school uh, as a coach and in the cafeteria and – you know, I was stuck one day and I didn't have a, I didn't have a ride. And you you said yes, and uh, you single handedly helped me get through that two years of probation. Because because if you don't show up for the meeting, you know they'll they'll what they call violate you and basically send you back to jail. So. Yeah, that was great. That was those were um, good memories that we had. Good conversations. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So that was uh, when you first got here. So tell everybody who you are, what you do here at Trinity, and. Uh, a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am Becky. My husband and I have been pastoring for 44 years almost, wow. and um, t- almost 27 years here at uh, Trinity Church in Cedar Hill, which is where we met you. And um, yeah, before that, I was raised in um, a home, a ministry home, but my dad wasn't your typical pastor. Most of my growing up years, he dr- was a director of a Teen Challenge, which is a Christian drug Great rehab program. program. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I have that in my heart, in my DNA of seeing men and women, especially men, just um, coming in so messed up. Now, back then, back then when he ran it, what was it like? Well, it was a live-in program, at least a year, sometimes 18 months, where um, they would actually, um, major cities like New York or Cleveland, they would have uh, little uh, places for the guys or girls to go to get off drugs, to go cold turkey, to get the first week or two out of the way, you know. But then they would go to a live-in program um, all over the United States and all over the world now, and they would live there for like a year to 18 months, go through intense discipleship, Bible memorization, you know, chapel services, and that kind of thing. So that's kind of my, you know, idea of ministry, to see people who are so broken and hurting and so, you know, locked into sin and and the addiction of sin, but then seeing God free them and yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit set them free and and live a different life. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I saw you do that too, but uh, in a different different setting. Different, yeah, different setting, different journey, different path. Uh, I did a lot of leaving and coming back. Right. You know, I was kind of like a, a, a I was a I was a dizzy prodigal son. Yeah. You know, I kept running in circles and yeah. coming back and forth and. Yeah. You know, but I, I kept coming back from the far country to to get more money, to get more whatever, you know. And I tell parents all the time, look, you know, when they come home from the far country, just be patient with them. They're probably not coming home for good yet, yeah. you know, because when they come home from the, the pig pen, they're coming home for good. Wow. So, um, all right, so you've been here how long now? 27 years? At 20, Trin- almost 27 years, yeah. All right. Now, since then, I mean, you've – you're definitely a reformer, and you have this passion in your heart that is uh, I haven't really seen in anybody else, uh, especially pastors' wives. Um, but take us through some of the journey in your life at God just taking you to a different level in in wanting to see reformation, whether it's in your city, your church, or whatever. You know, the word reformation is a new word for me to be used to label what— um, I'm calling people who get godly solutions to solve um, community your community's problems or uh, godly solutions to solve earthly problems. But um, as I was a young girl, like I said, I was with these guys, and um, we lived in this duplex when I was a little girl, second, third, fourth grade. We lived in a duplex, 
And uh, on one side, our family lived, and on the other side, the guys would come and get off drugs, you know, go go cold turkey. And I could remember at nighttime as a little girl hearing them, you know, screaming and writhing in pain and the other guys praying in the spirit over them and praying them through to victory. And then, you know, the next day or maybe two or three days down the road, I would see them walk out of that house or I get to see him clear eyed and of the right mind. Yeah. And so I knew from a little girl that the power of God was enough to bring freedom and yeah. healing and, and restoration to a person's life. So you carry that with you, you know, even when you're going to church and it's the same people, you know, with the same situation, same problems, that, that passion for the people outside the church started as I was a little girl. And then um, when I was in junior high, my dad started a new teen challenge in Cleveland, but we were living in the suburbs because now his kids were teenagers, his daughters. He didn't want them you know, living right, right there by uh, the teen challenge with all the guys. But um, before we, th- we were able to purchase the campgrounds that became the teen challenge, dad had some of the men live with us temporarily to travel with him so he would go around to raise money for teen challenge and he would take these guys who could sing and um you know one was louis valdez and and he was a puerto rican and he had the most beautiful voice and so he had a story of you know being set free and god saving him and delivering him and then we had another man live with us his name was morgan and he was like six six 350 pounds a big old man and african-american and you know these were like my brothers you know i was a little girl i mean teenage girl at this time junior high but these were like my brothers and they were living with us and they would travel with my dad. But when we moved to the suburb of Cleveland, we moved to an all white suburb mm-hmm. where there was not one person of color wow. living there in the city, going to the school or anything like that. And um, the people literally put a petition out to get us removed from our neighborhood wow. out of the city because we had men of color living with us. And it was such a defining moment in my life because on one hand, these were my guys, my brothers. I loved the Lord. I loved my dad. But on the other hand, I wanted to be popular. I wanted friends. You Mm. know, we were moving to a new town in seventh grade and I was the outcast. There's a lot of reasons for that, but I was the weird one, the one on the outside. And so anybody who would show me any attention or have me sit with them at lunchtime, but then they were not allowed to be my friend anymore Mm. because of these men of color living with us. Wow. And so one night I was just crying and praying and, you know, just sobbing, you know, my broken heart as a little uh, 12, 13 year old. And um, the Lord just said, Becky, I just heard him speak to my spirit, like, make a choice, choose, choose tonight whom you're going to serve, you know, kind of thing. If you're going to serve me, serve me with all your heart. If you're not, then go do what you want to do. You know, and I knew that at that moment as a junior high kid that I had the choice. And there was, it was not a question. There was not even a question. There was not even a de- yeah. debate because it was, Jesus, I want you. I want you didn't have to you. pray about it. You didn't have to think about no, it. No, <laughs> I mean, it was just so clear. I mean, it, my heart was so tender towards the things of the Lord and, and these guys. And so I laid that down. And um, from that moment on, I was not involved in school at all. I was only involved in church because mm. I just didn't find my people there, yeah. you know. And so yeah. I was kind of on the outskirts for the rest of that. But what God did, he put my heart, he put his heart inside of me for to do something for him 
And um, I went to my pastor, and I'm seventh grade girl, and I'm like, I want a bus ministry. I want to go mm. to the housing projects in Cleveland, and I want to go pick up kids for Sunday school and bring them to our church. That was back in the day with the big bus ministries, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I had heard about those, you know, and so I'm like, I'm going to do that. And literally from seventh grade through 12th grade, I had a bus ministry. We ended up with five buses going wow. into Cleveland to the projects, you know, and then picking up these kids. I would go Saturday. Somebody would take me and drop me off. <laughs> you know, nowadays we can't even imagine yeah, it, but someone yeah. someone would drive me to these housing projects, drop me off, or there would be a group of us who would go door to door and ask them if we could pick up their kids. Wow. Um, we would take them to Sunday school. We would take them home. We'd go back to the church, drop off the bus, and then I would walk home. And that walk home for those six years was the time that God, you know, broke my heart yeah. for the broken people and their lives you know it wasn't it wasn't I'm sorry it wasn't just that I wanted them to come to Sunday school and meet Jesus right but I would see their housing situation and I would want them to I wanted them to have homes I wanted their families to be healed I mm. wanted the kids to live with their mom and their dad you know I wanted their moms and dads to have jobs you know and not just be on you know subsidy and welfare and just living this cycle of poverty now you know that's that was when it started I didn't know how to do anything about right, it right but that was when God put that burden in my heart. Mm. And then years and years and years later, back to just a couple years ago, my good friend Nisha lost her husband and then two days later was evicted out of her home. And we did this whole thing here at Trinity with our community, you know, to raise money. Uh, Benji, uh, a friend of ours, you know, built her a house in Venus. and We donated to that you house. Get, yes, yeah. you did. It so, awesome. you know, you did. And TJ you know, made it to where he, she could have a mortgage, you know, with her, you know, low income, her, lo, you know, low salary. And we raised enough money for her to put a down payment on it. And I saw the change that that made being able to own a home yeah. made in her life. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> 50 years later, I'm getting to be part of people um owning their own home, affordable housing. And now, just since that, in three years, God's introduced me to a group of people in South Dallas who are literally uh, buying up all the abandoned homes and transforming them and making it affordable for, for homeless people and people who want, you know, homes, but they can't afford it. And I get to be a part of that. I know nothing about real estate or, <laughs> you know, land development, but God's opening up doors for me to do that. So that was that's just one of the stories that yeah. has gotten me to where I'm at right now, to where... Um, at this stage of my life, when I turned 60, I was just like, God, I, I want to do something um, that I was created to do. Yeah. You know, I want I want these dreams in my heart. I want to see something change and shift in communities. And um, the, through a series of events, the Lord just um, gave me this word of reformer. Someone spoke that over me. Becky, you're a reformer. I didn't know what that was, you know, but a, a reformer is just someone who wants to make a change yeah. to something and reform it, you know. Bring, bring out new things about it or take broken things and make it even better than it was before. You know, someone who gets download of, of God's wisdom and yeah. revelation and, and gets strategy. That's what you're doing. You know, that's what you're doing with the criminal uh, reform yeah. system, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it reminds me of a story um, that I tell when I think I may have told you this on, on the interview when you interviewed me, but a reformer reminds me of this story where when I first got out of prison and Mr. Wheat, who was teaching pottery at the time here at Trinity, um, I came to see his pottery class because we didn't have, he taught art and we had wood shop when I was in high school. But he showed me this the whole pottery setup 
and it was really neat. He went through the whole thing where you get the, the lump of clay on the wheel, and, and that's where it starts to form. And then when you get it formed the way you want it, then you put it through this process of all the fire and the kiln and all that stuff. But then I noticed there's this shelf to the side, and it had all these pieces that looked kind of weird, you know. Uh, I was like, Mr. Wee, what is this shelf over here? And he says, oh, those are the mess-ups. I'm like, oh, so you're going to throw them away? He says, oh, no, 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 no. We don't throw anything. We don't throw any clay away here. I'm like, oh, well, what do you do with them? He's like, well, we got to wait till they go through this process of drying out, becoming hard. Mm. He said, and then when they're completely dry, we take them and we put them on this table and we take this big hammer, this big mallet, and we break them into, into as little pieces and powder as possible. He said, and then we pour all that in. He, he pointed to this big pot of water and clay that was just stirring. He said, then we pour it into there, and then we make it back into clay, and then we reform it. Oh, my gosh. Reform. Yes. <laughs> so the that's, original. That's perfect. That's it's perfect. not the original formation, but it's being reformed. It's going to be reshaped and remolded into something even better, right, you know. And right. so when I hear a reformer and I think I of what that. you like to do, you take those broken pieces. Yeah, they got to go through a time where they got to go through what they got to go through, and they may get harder and they may get, you know, more stubborn and more isolated, but eventually they're going to get to the point where they're able to be broken. So good. And then when that's able to, to, to happen, he said, you know, when you pour it in the pot, you add it to water and other other clay. So you're getting in community and the, the living water. So good. Blending together oh to, to be in a position where you uh, can be reformed. I love that. That's so, so good. That's so good. You know, there's a, a scripture in the Bible in Matthew 9. It, it's... It's rocked my world, Jay Dan. It talks about that Jesus was doing what he came to earth to do. He was preaching and he was teaching. He was discipling. He was healing the sick. He was casting out devils. And he was doing that, the Bible says. And that's what we think of Jesus' yeah. ministry. But then it goes on and says, but then he looked at the people. And he, and he saw, saw the people and that they were disheartened and they were harassed. And they were like sheep without a shepherd. And when he did that, when he, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. Yeah. You know, when you're moved with compassion, the Father's heart, it moves you emotionally, it moves you spiritually, but it also moves you physically. You have to do something. Yeah. You have to do something. You don't just look at people and say, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry that you're poor. I'm so sorry that you don't have fresh fruit and vegetables. I'm so sorry that your dad or your brother is in prison and no one's taking care of you. No one's bringing you Christmas gifts. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you can't just see that and cry and weep over that. Yeah. You have to be moved first in your heart to the Father's heart, but then you have to hear what God has to say about that because I believe he has answers for that. Yes. He has solutions for that. He has downloads. He has creative ideas in heaven that have not yet been tapped into and that we have the privilege yes. of seeking the Lord and hearing his desire and plan and his creativity, his solutions. I was at a meeting last night with a, a man called Sean Dunn, and he has this ministry called Groundwire. And he was a youth pastor, and he was preaching at all these big concerts of Christian concerts, and he would give the altar call. He would give the little sermonette at the end and the altar call, and he would see hundreds of people come to the Lord. 
And he thought that that was good enough. He thought that was pretty amazing. But one night, God got his heart, and he opened his eyes to see the millions of junior high and high schoolers that were not coming to the concerts, that were not coming to the youth groups, that were not coming to the church, millions of junior high and high schoolers. And he asked the Lord, what am I supposed to do with that? And literally, God gave him downloads to start uh, commercials on MTV. And, you know, back back in those days, it was 20 years ago on cable network. And then somewhere along the line, just, you know, in the last few years, it's shifted because the kids are on their phone in front of that screen almost constantly. And so now he's on Twitter and on TikTok and on, you know, Instagram and all the things that I don't even know about. And they just put out little uh, sentences like, are you hurting? You know, do you think your life has value? Um, do you want purpose? You know, and then they start these conversations, you know, through the through. Yeah through the whatever website right. or internet or they talk to people and they eventually bring the conversation around to Jesus Christ. J. Dan, since January, they have led over 120,000 junior high and high schoolers in a prayer and a confession of faith wow. to Jesus Christ. Because wow. he's using the media. Yeah. He, saw, he saw a statistic. He saw a people and he was moved in his heart. Mm. And then God gave him the downloads to actually do something in the natural to bring about spiritual awakening. That's what we all get yeah. the opportunity to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And that's why this conference exists, because there's people out there that maybe are like that younger version of you that the passion's there. You want to move. You don't know how to move, where to move. You're looking for advice. And this gathering of reformers is going to be the place where other people that want to go to the next level and reform their community, their school, their whatever, to come and hear from people that are already doing it right. at, a, at a certain level uh, and be equipped and encouraged and and, mo- and moved, kind of yeah. kind of yeah. kick-started to move. So tell us tell us a little bit about this uh, conference. It's the very first one. Very first so one ever. So tell us how it came to be, yeah. you know, like what, what gave you the idea how it how it led to what it's about to be, and then we'll talk about you know highlight some of the speakers and stuff. I have a friend. Her name is Elizabeth, and she had it in her, she started a ministry called International Young Prophets. And so she's gathering up the prophetic men and women you know of the younger generation from all over the world, right. and that's her strong point. But she felt like the Lord told her to gather the reformers. She began to you know watch Harriet Tubman. And God would say, she's a reformer. And, read, you know, go to a museum about Martin Luther King Jr. He was a reformer. And, you know, different ones, they were reformers. And so God told her, gather the reformers. And so she just got a group of her friends who were already in her prophetic circle, but who were actually doing some reformation, transformation stuff in cities. One is uh, here in Waxahachie. One is downtown Detroit. One is in Amarillo. One's in Tulsa. But they're literally doing some things that are making a difference in their city. So she gathered about 30 of us, and she invited me. They were all younger and me. And um, (laughs) as I'm around there, I'm like, I was awake. Something in my heart was awakening. Like, these are my people. (laughs) Like, I had never met Christians in ministry who were actually – like connected yeah, and, yeah. and and helping broken lives like that to that yeah. degree. And uh, then just this past year, she says, would you take that group of reformers and would you just see what God would have you do with it? And and so I prayed about it and I knew that it was an inv- invitation for this season in my life. I feel like I've got, Jaden, I'm 64. I feel like I have, you know, two more decades. I got 20 oh, yeah. years. I oh, feel yeah. like I At got <laughs> two more decades 
to pour into something that is amazing. And I believe it's reformers, to, yeah. like you said. So a lot of different things I believe is going to happen at this. Um, number one, I believe that those people who are doing things like you in criminal justice or in the foster care system, that they're going to find other like-minded people because yeah. it takes a tribe of people. Yes, it, doesn't, it does. You can't, you alone and forgiven felons cannot transform and reform the criminal justice system. Mm -mm. You've got to have judges. You've got to have other people who have different pieces to the puzzle, right? Yep. And as you come together, then you see together, we can together make a difference. We can reform the laws. Yeah. We can find all the missing pieces to get people back up on their feet, in homes, in jobs, you know, breaking the cycle of uh, addiction and crime and recidivism. Yeah, yeah, all of that, you know, and and so it takes people coming to collaborate together. Yeah. So one of the things with this is that we're going to meet other people who are doing really cool stuff, and we're going to come alongside because we have a we have a, we have one of the missing pieces. Yeah. So there's a lot of ministries, a lot yeah. of people out doing individual stuff. So we're criminal justice, and I'm going to be leading a panel and breakout session on that. What are the other areas? Okay, we're yeah, going to you have, mentioned foster care. Right, we're going to have foster care. Uh, Tori Peterson, who is Mrs. Universe, was a foster kid, and now she's a foster parent. Wow. And she has a passion for that. And then we have some local people who are in foster care here in Dallas, and so foster care. We have education because... You know, the education system is broken mm, yeah. uh, all the way from elementary, junior high, high school. And what about our college campuses, J-Dan? We need reformation in our college campuses yeah. because we are losing our Christian young people to um, agnosticism and atheism, and they're questioning their faith on the college campuses. So if we all kind of work together, what's the answer? What's the strategy so that everyone gets a great education? But right. not only that, but people turn their heart back to God. Yeah. So we have education. We've got uh, businesses. We've got an amazing uh, group of businessmen and women who are uh, creating wealth and creating jobs to support and to, to resource different things and, you know, giving them opportunity. So that's crazy. Um, the film industry, Hollywood, we've got a man who actually wrote and produced the movie The Shack. Okay. And he was on the screen right for... Um, just Mercy, yeah. and so he, which is a great, movie amazing too. movie, right? So he's coming, and he's like, I could either be a great uh, producer, or I could raise up many producers. So I think good. that's what's happening with people get to a certain age; they're no longer just concerned about them doing the stuff. They want to raise up a legacy, yes. and that's what's happening. Some some people, you know, at different stages of their of their lives, are coming to speak. We've got some amazing um, musicians an artist who does graffiti art, who did the whole um, graphic for the Mavericks. He's coming about that. Let's see what else. We've got the church and religion. We've got some people who are doing some incredible things in downtown Dallas at Bonton Farms, food deserts. We're going to be talking about that. Oh, my goodness. Um, so it's October uh, 18th and 19th. Octo a it's a Monday, so Monday and, and Tuesday. Yeah. And it's all day Monday. And then uh, what time does it end on Tuesday? Ends at three o'clock. Three o'clock, okay. So we're having. Um, There's also a, a TYA, which is Trinity Young Adults version of that on Monday night. Right. So now, we're starting at nine o'clock on Monday, and we'll have some people present what they're doing on the stage, and then we will do breakout sessions concerning those areas. They can go on the website reformersco.com, mm -hmm. and it actually has a schedule there. And then in those breakout sessions, we're going to give people problems, and they're going to come up with solutions. Yeah. 
So what we're doing, one of the speakers, Drew Neal, is uh, his whole ministry, his whole life is to teach people how to hear uh, from God and get downloads of wisdom and find solutions to problems. So it's one thing to see the problems. It's one thing to heard about the problems. It's a whole nother thing to tap into the resource of God's wisdom and revelation and get downloads and solutions, yeah, right? So and sometimes good. that's a process. We know that. Yeah. You know, but Joseph in the Bible, what a great story, right? He had an amazing God solution. God gave him yeah. a solution to feed the whole world at the time. And he rescued the known world, Egypt, the whole group of people, but he also restored and rescued his family through that. So, yeah. you know, there's so good. There, those I'm trying to think what else, but um, it's all on there. Business. Let's see. We got government. We've got mayors from the cities. We've got um, uh, a senator coming. We've got businesses. We've got education. We've got uh, the church, family, prison reform. Yeah, you know, um, the story of Joseph, the reason I know we need criminal justice reform is because Joseph was sent to prison for a crime he didn't commit. He was falsely accused, wrongfully convicted, and did time for a crime he didn't he he he, uh, he didn't commit. Richard Miles is going to be on our criminal justice panel, and he was wrongfully convicted for a crime he didn't commit. And he wasn't one of those that was at a party uh, doing bad things already. His he was a preacher's kid, and he was walking home from somewhere that night, and was wrongly arrested, and then had. The police coerced one one witness. Nine other witnesses said this wasn't him, but the police made this girl give false testimony, and that's what sent him to prison. Incredible. And But, you know, the story of Joseph, this is why I know we need criminal justice reform, because that wouldn't happen in today's time. Where a where a sex offender, he was, he was convicted of a sex crime. Oh, my goodness. Um, he didn't commit it. But in society's eyes, he was a sex offender, and he got out of prison. He made parole, and because he kept utilizing the gift that he had that got him out of prison and eventually to second-in-command, that would not happen in today's time because of the stigma of even the exonerated people that mm. get exonerated from the sex offenses they were, that they were wrongfully convicted of. They can't do anything. They still have no way of moving up in society, in the business world. And I'm friends with a lot of them, you know. And Richard Miles, he wasn't convicted uh, wrongfully of a sex crime, but it was a, a, a violent crime. And he said he even has a hard time still navigating. He has to have a board help help him navigate because, because he went to prison. Mm -hmm. So the stigma of just him being in prison, even though it was for a crime he didn't commit, is there. And, and that's those are the things that, you know, uh, we got Mike Ware from the Texas Innocence Project of Texas will be there as well. Um, and then Priscilla Bordeo, yeah. uh, Clean Slate Bill up in Michigan. I mean, it's just going to be a great – our panel is going to be off the chain. I can't wait for <laughs> – I can't wait to hear all the other panels, yeah. but I know ours is going to be yeah. amazing. It is going to be so amazing. I'm so glad you're going to be there. The other one um, that I forgot was uh, racial reconciliation, racism. Yeah. And Will Ford and a younger girl, Lexi, who was so passionate after George Floyd. I need to do something, she said. She got with all her friends. Let's do something. And so um, there are solutions to that, though, even though uh, it seems so wrong and it seems so hopeless right now, right? I mean, the whole criminal justice reform and what you're talking about seems so hopeless. Like, what do you do? 
and you just see one person's story after the other after the other but i have faith i have so yeah. much faith and just believe that god is going to raise up men and women who will seek his face and that god cares so much about uh, these guys coming out of prison and yeah. these women coming out of prison. He cares that they have a good life, that they are able to get a job and provide and you know have a family and have a new start. He says old things have passed yeah. away yeah, yeah, yeah. and behold, all things become new. There is... There is a way for us to be able to have that for every human being. There and, is. and we just have to learn how to do that. And I think the key is, like you said, move. We Once we're moved on the inside, we got to move on the outside. And the more we move... The new mindset, we we move the old mindset out. So good. But if we don't move, then that old mindset stays. Just stays right there. So we've got to move, move it out of there. And so. what the other thing that happens when you move is that God takes your little bit of effort. He takes your little yeah, bit of movement. And he just, oh, wow, she is trustworthy. I'm going to give her more. That's what happened with me. Um, we were trying to see transformation in our city of Cedar Hill. And we were praying for um, commerce, for stores, for you know Cedar Hill to be developed. Jim was on a transformation um, vision committee, yeah. and they were seeing the mall come in and stores and restaurants come in. But what was happening was we were losing businesses because of our schools. Mm. And so uh, they were like, we need God to do something. You know, as, through the conversations, we need something to happen for our schools. We need a better better reputation for our schools. So I, I took that on in my heart. I'm not an educator. I didn't have kids in the schools at the time or anything like that. But I was running for a marathon. I was training yeah. for a marathon. Yeah. And I decided to take my training and run around the schools and pray. That's all I knew to do, Jay Dan. That's all I knew to do. That's all I knew was to, I didn't know how to get in the schools. I didn't know how to bring any kind of change. It's overwhelming. It's too big, you know, but I ran around the schools and I prayed. Prayer, wow, gets God's attention. Yes. And after I did that for about six months, this guy shows up at our church on a Wednesday night and says, hey, Becky, I hear you care about your city and you care about the schools. Well, I have a new coach in Cedar Hill High School, and she wants a Bible study. Would you be willing to lead a Bible study with some coaches in Cedar Hill High School? And I knew that was like yeah. God's opening yeah, yeah, yeah. door for me. So I said yes and went in and started having a Bible study with a few coaches in Cedar Hill High School. And every time I went in there, I'm like, oh, I'm taking this land. I'm, my feet are treading here. I don't know how to make a difference in Cedar Hill High School, but I'm here. And because I'm here, the presence of God is here. And so for 12 years, Jay Dan, mm. 12 years, I went every week with just a few little coaches. But we made a difference in an inroad. And through those 12 years, God began to bring yeah. people to me with solutions. Tara Bollinger came from you know Australia, St. Louis, to move here and has started this Inspired yes. School program. She's, she's reaching 3,000 students a week with mentorship and character training. Crazy how many things are happening now yeah. in our schools. And then through that, God opened up a door for me to go into the WNBA and become yeah. a chaplain for the Dallas Wings and the W. This is someone, yeah. I've never played basketball. <laughs> I've never been an athlete. But because I s saw something that was hurting, was broken, our schools, yeah. Yeah. I prayed. God began to trust me with a little bit, and I was faithful for a long period of time with a little bit, and then he just has given me more. And he comes and he brings the right people yeah. with the pieces. While I was interceding and standing in the gap for Cedar Hill High School, God was working on Tara and bringing her here with other people, with programs and Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And and does that make sense? Yes. And, you know, it all, it all boils down to your willingness to move. 
you, d- you didn't know which direction to move in, so you just start running. Just say yes. I'll, <laughs> pick me, Jesus. I'll I'm gonna, do it. <laughs> I'm going to run. I don't know what to do now, but I'm going to run uh, for my schools and start praying for them. So your willingness to move, even when you don't know where or how or when to move, you, you said, I'm going to move. And then when you move, God started moving. Yeah. And, and that's all it takes. And there's going to be so, – so if you're out there and you don't know how or where or when to move and you need some encouragement on, you know, on, on uh, some direction for what's going on on the inside of your heart, make sure you go, go register, um, Reformers Co., Reformers with an S, co.com, and register. And do it today. Uh, it's Monday, October 18th and 19th. And, uh, and you got to be there because you're going to hear from people that at one time were just like you, where you are, didn't know how, where, when, what to do, but then just moved. And then God started opening doors. And so um, who else other than just future reformers should come to this conference? You know, just uh, people who care about their city, man, just any church pastors, people in the church. Um, God's stirring up people. There are churches are filled with people who are reformers in the making, you know. So if you just care about broken things or you just want to reform and see your city transformed and you just want to find ways to um, use the giftings of your life, you know, come. So we're having young people come, young adults, college students are coming, you know, people middle age, just everybody, anybody, the stories of people who are coming. But the cool thing about this conference is that after it's over with, we are going to connect all like-minded people and stay in touch monthly yes. with them through Zooms and through meetings here in Dallas. So people who care about community transformation, we're going to have a, a monthly meeting with yeah. Farrell and Alonzo, people who are building houses, people who are building um, reform centers, who are starting schools and arts. And uh, I met this one guy. His name is The D.O.C. Do you know him? He was back in the 90s, a rapper, The Doc, The D.O.C., <laughs> And he was a famous rapper back in the 90s, and he had a terrible accident, and and it affected it. Lo- mm. He lost his voice. Yeah. And when he did that, he spiraled out of control, and went into drugs and and all the dark dark things, the dark life. And just recently, he's even older than me, so even recently he um, met Jesus and has t- totally transformed his life. Mm. And he's got all these connections. He's got wow. all of these people still in his life, in the arts, in the music industry. And he's literally s- meeting with Farrell and her husband to start a art school in South Dallas. Wow. So people like that, yeah. like, yeah. I mean, everybody's got a story and everybody is either reforming wants to de- reform or wants to learn more about it or be around people who are doing yeah. it right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so awesome all right so um again we'll have the the website is in the show notes so go to um the notes there on, at the podcast click on the link follow becky and reformers co on uh instagram facebook wherever we are um, cause Becky's, Becky's personal page is, is pretty cool too. Thanks. So, uh, I've, I've been following you for a long time and uh, I get encouraged and uplifted as well. So, uh, what else do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about anything else? I, I don't know. Ta- <laughs> <laughs> There's so much to talk about. J- yeah. J Dan and I have words. We both have lots of words. We could talk forever. <laughs> we really could. Hey, I know what we should talk about. 
What? Let's talk about that prophetic word you got on Sunday. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> uh, sure. I think we all kind of got it together. Yeah, we did. So he, do you believe, I don't know the people who are listening to you, if they believe in the prophetic, but we had this. Some probably do, some probably don't. You know, we had this young man, this pastor, preacher, prophet, guy, Joshua Giles, who was used incredibly in Minneapolis when George Floyd was murdered yeah. there. And he literally was baptizing people downtown um, where George Floyd was murdered with mm. the baptismal tank that George Floyd used to baptize people in. Wow. And instead of seeing riot, they saw revival. They mm. saw amazing peace and unity come to their city. It was a, such a God thing. Mm. Anyway, he came Sunday and he's preaching and then he stops preaching and he starts. But, but wait, wait, wait. Before he stopped <laughs> preaching. I text you in the middle of the in the you middle did. of the sermon, me. just all fire, and I was just like, I, I mean, because I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe what he's saying. I was just grabbing onto every word, the whole, the foot, the threshold, the, the doors, tread, the, every the, place your foot goes. Fighting, tread, yeah. I just it just it was incredible. Okay, so his message basically was that God is opening up the door and giving you new territory, but in the doorway of that door to go into the new thing, there is a snake there. Spirit There's a python, serpent, the yeah. spirit of python, and that spirit of python wants to uh, to kill your dreams and your future before you even walk through the door. And then he just, wow, fire, just the presence yeah. of God uh, came and he started, he called people forward. If you just, you know, if you want to walk through the door, if you want to go into a new place in a new season with God, come forward. The place was packed. He starts prophesying people. Prophesying is getting downloads from God about people's lives and speaking it. So they're, they're really like a voice from God. And, you know, it's just so specific to people's lives. And, and so he was prophesying, speaking to different people. Then he comes to my husband and to me, and he starts talking a lot of different cool things, builders and building and, you know, things that we're going to do. But then he starts talking about prison ministry and prisoners and building homes and neighborhoods and uh, for people who come out of prison. And I'm Jay Dan's right there. And I'm like, come up, Jay Dan, come up. And you didn't want to, but I kept, you had to I know, because I, I wouldn't know. stop. <laughs> it was so fun. And it's so funny because that word, you know, for the last, I don't know, six months to a year, it's been really hard for us to, to find places to live for our guys uh, coming out of the transitional house. And it wasn't like that nine years ago when we started. We could find them a place to live like crazy, but nobody wants to rent to people with felonies anymore, whether it's personal land. I mean, we have a few connections, but they don't always have openings. But uh, tons of property, apartment complexes have changed their mind and not renting, or they make it so stringent like it can't be within the last 10, 15 years. So I just told Jessamy, I said, I said, look, when you get rich from your uh, loan officer uh, position, I said, we want to invest in an apartment building, 10, 12 units, because Becky, I get calls every week from families. These aren't even people getting right out of prison. These are families that one or one or both of them have a felony in their past and they're having to move because their family's growing, so they need a bigger place or whatever. They were fine where they were, but then when it's time to move now, because nobody wants to uh, rent to felons anymore, they they can't they they can't find a place. Yeah. And then so they're they're searching on the internet housing for felons in Dallas, and people pay literally thousands of dollars to get on the first page of a Google search. <laughs> okay, when people type in housing for felons in Dallas. We're the third. Forgiven felons is the third search. Wow. We're on the front page. So we get calls. 
thinking that we're we are an apartment complex or apartment building or or a housing community or whatever they think we're that and and so i I just prayed a long time ago i said lord there's got to be a reason you're having all these people that need places to live to call us so i just told jessamy i said we you know she works for john houston family of companies so i'm like talk to him about it i said hey i don't i know you i know you build these nice homes but you know would, would would you be willing to sit and if we bought some land, would you come in and help us build some some homes on some land so we can, you know, do this? And, and that got him thinking about some programs and different things. So we've been talking about that for so a while, good. but I don't know how to move. I've just been asking. I've been throwing it out there to anybody and everybody. Yeah. But at the same time, I you know, I've never came to y'all about it, but now – now Josh is making us, you know, yeah, kind of brought it. <laughs> we're partners. We're partners in real estate. So when he said all that, I was just like, I was. It was blowing my mind. And then you had me come up, and I'm like, all right, I'm receiving this too because that's kind of what was already on our mind, you know. But now, now we got Pastor and Becky, uh, you know, on the on board. Uh, so it was great, and and the fact that he that he spoke the word accelerate over y'all, mm-hmm. and all that he already spoke, mm-hmm. and then he spoke the word to, to accelerate was was incredible. And so then, you know, I. I made sure y'all didn't hit the ground hard, and then I I walked off. <laughs> yeah, you, you did because he walked off and he started doing something, and I walked off, and then he turned around and said, "Bring that guy back up here," <laughs> and and he just he basically said, "Your testimony, when it comes out of your mouth, it's going to be like fire, hmm. and people are not people are going to they have no choice but to change their ways because of your fire." He said, "When you preach, you're going to preach fire." He said, "But." The biggest changes are going to be when people, when you have regular conversation with people and you tell your story. And then he said, your testimony is so fire that you're going to have to write it down. And when people read your testimony and read your story, their their life is going to be changed. And the fact that he's, he he said at one point, it's going, to, it's going to happen in regular conversation. While I was up there, that was between 1240 and 1, 1 p.m., um, I got two Facebook messages. And they both were people that had loved ones that were strung out and needed help. And one of them even said, if if there's nothing else you can do, but just have a conversation with them. Yeah, wow. And so I was just like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, you know, Monday I had a hangover. You know? <laughs> the Holy Ghost hangover. <laughs> I mean, I, I still get drunk. I just switch bartenders. And I yeah. still have hangovers. Yeah. And so, um, so it's it's, so it's good. maybe in your notes we can actually tag that service, yeah, that we'll eleven put o'clock the service yep. from Sunday. We'll do it because that people will just be blessed by people that. People need to hear, even if you don't stay, you watch all the way to the end till when they prophesy over us. Watch the sermon. The sermon is you, you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be able to grab onto it. But um, I think that people need to be exposed to the prophetic, J. Dan, because God is using the prophetic and interpretation of dreams and downloads of wisdom and revelation to bring yeah, healing right. and answers. And people who push that powerful expressions of the Holy Spirit away, yeah. they're not as, um, vul- they're not as op- they don't have as much opportunity yeah. to be used of the Holy Spirit because the power of the prophetic, you go in and you start talking to people who don't want to really have anything to do with you or, 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 you know, open up their hearts to you, but you start reading their mail, you know, by the Holy Spirit and saying yeah. something and they're going to like, how did you know that? You know, well, the Holy Spirit, yeah, God loves right. you. God cares that's for right. you. But yeah, that's, you're right. That so was, make sure you watch it all the way to, all the, the, way end. to the end. Come on. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that, is that, um, before he came over to y'all, he was still praying for it. He was just kind of going down the line. He started on the end that I was, that we were opposite of. 
and I was just like, all right, I, I'm, in, I'm in front here. You know, I rushed down. As soon as you he were, said you come, right I was there. right there. So I'm like, all right, he's going he's gonna to pray over me. I'm going to, you know, receive a download, blah, blah, blah. But then he gets like, after he got to Anthony Medina and a couple more, he just stopped. He stopped. He said, I can't pray for everybody. I'm like, man. Everybody, then, man, I was waiting. I <laughs> yeah, thought I was going to I was expectant, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. I think because of my expectancy. So good. Oh, that's good. That God still came back around and did it in a different way than I thought. Even better. Yes. It was even better than, because he's like, hey, go get that guy and bring yes. him back up here. Yes. But I'm telling you, whoever's watching, God has something amazing for you to do, and it seems impossible. Yeah. It's the things that God wants us to do in the earth, J. Dan, seem impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. Yeah. If we are doing it with God, it might take a long time. Joseph was in prison. I mean, he was 13 years, man. Yeah. You know, I'm 64 now just moving into this reformers thing and stuff. So, you know, there's a season sometimes and it doesn't always happen like today or tomorrow. But for some people, there is an acceleration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a season for acceleration. And God is looking for men and women. He can trust with a piece of so the earth and yeah, yeah, yeah. the broken humanity, you know, and the broken systems. And we have the Holy Spirit. We have the answers. We have the Father. So I just, I'm excited about working with you. Now, before we house. go, before we go, you, you've been in a prison with mm-hmm. Jessamy and, 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 and a group of girls. So you know what the atmosphere is like in there. You've looked into inmates' eyes. You see some that are on fire for God, and you've seen some that are not. Um, this podcast is is broadcast now. Um, there's, I think, about now including Texas. Texas just came on board. They released tablets to 10 units. So we're starting to see Texas come on board. But about 170,000 tablets are distributed across the nation, Florida, Alabama, uh, Arkansas. We get letters from everywhere. So inmates are hearing this podcast. There's going to be inmates that can't come to that conference. Right. They may be... A reformer yes. waiting to get out of prison. I guarantee you they're a reformer. Say, speak, speak to them just for a few minutes. What would you say to them in their, in their spot? You know, you've talked to ladies in prison, so you know what their mindset might be. They may be, they may be saved. They may not be saved, mm-hmm. but they're going to be hearing you on this episode. So just talk to the general inmate population. And, you know, the, some of those are the broken people that yeah. you were yeah. stirred up about yeah. when you were young. Yeah. And so just what would you say to them regarding Reformation and Reformer and all that? I would say that um, we were all created in the image of God, each one of us. You know, our lives have all kind of taken us on different paths and different places. And, um, you know, God's got our, these men and women who are listening to this today for a reason and for yeah. a purpose. And you're listening to this because God has something for you to do. He's not done with you yet. Yeah. And not only is he not done with you yet, but because of what you have walked through and the pain you have felt and the, you know, the rejection you have experienced from situations and circumstances, your broken families, your broken lives, you know, that equips you actually mm. to be the best reformers so because you know what it's like to be broken. And God has already broken your heart. He has already broken your heart for the things that break his heart because you are one of them. And yet you are not a victim any longer, right? Because God has a solution and a plan and a purpose for you. Joseph was not a victim. He didn't come out of prison with a victim mentality. He was able to forgive his brothers. He was able to, you know, wear that 
those clothes the right way. He learned the language, Jay Dan. He had to learn a new language. He had to learn new everything. But he went from having to shower and shave and find some clothes to borrow to go before Pharaoh to being um, the the ring from Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh, the the robe of Pharaoh being second in command. Somehow God did a very quick work in this young man who was born a shepherd and had no idea how to be thrust into the marketplace, thrust into government, thrust into this place of, and God is going to do that. Yeah. If you are listening here today and you want to be used by God to bring healing and hope and help to the broken places of the world, he will do it because he put that desire in you. You know, we can't make that desire in ourselves. God puts that in us because we are created in his image. We have his heart. And just like he was moved with compassion, we too are moved with compassion. So good. And we have the Holy Spirit in us. So, you know, just ask God to... Um, you know, help you, to train you, to teach you, to prepare you now. Use the time you have That's right exactly now. That's exactly right, because they all have gifts in there. Yeah. And if Joseph would have just, he knew he had a gift of, of dreams and dream interpretation. He knew, but he could have easily let the prison just cause him to be depressed and not and not keep operating in that gift. You know what else he do, did while he was in prison? He was an encourager. He saw the butler and the other dude, the wine guy. Yeah. Cupbearer. The cupbearer, thank you. He saw that they were depressed and yep. sad, and he went to them and says, you, you're discouraged, you're downhearted in your face. What's wrong? And they had, had dreams that they yep. couldn't interpret. So he was out of himself and out of his own emotions to and to the point where he was able to see other people and right. hurt. And so God honors that. God sees people. See, that's people. the thing is a lot of inmates want to just stay isolated. Mm. Let me do my time. Mm-hmm. You do your time the way you do it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do my, and they'll just stay. They won't go to church. They won't get up, go to activities. They just stay to themselves. But Joseph could have done that. But he, like you said, and uh, he, he went to them and encur- wanted to, it started out with just encouraging them. Right. And he saw, but then he realized the need that, right. that they had. We're like, yeah. we're down because you know we don't we, we can't have these dreams. This dream, we can't right? do it. But then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, that's my gift. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I can help you with that. And uh, you know, and and so yeah. so don't be don't sit down sit around and and do nothing. Take advantage of every opportunity because you so do good. not know so good. the person you will meet that will open the door for you yeah. when you get out of prison. You don't know what God will do for you right now. You know, learn a new language. I don't know. Study Spanish if that's you know, because God yeah. might have you going yeah. to to minister to the Spanish, uh, Spanish speaking. Yeah. yeah, who knows? But you know, g- get an education. Find something that you know. Teach yourself how culinary. You know, so fitness. Good. I don't know what God's got for you outside the outside the doors, outside of the prison. But He's got something for you, and He will bring the right people and, and the and right passions if, to and, you. And even if they they're never going to get it out. They can still be a reformer and start reformation inside prison where they are now. Exactly. So So good. That's good. I mean, God, inside the prison is a broken place, right? Mm -hmm. It's a broken community. And God could use you to reform and restore from the inside out. So, I mean, God's ways are not our ways. The Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's got creative ideas that we've never thought about. So trust a God who is so big that he can turn your life around and use your life to make a difference. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for com- for letting us do a background check on you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for all so you fun. do. Looking forward to the conference. And I've, obviously I get to see you every Sunday anyway. So uh, if you don't have a home church, come check out Trinity Church in Cedar Hill on Sunday mornings, 9 and 11. Me and the Forgiven Felons are usually at, at the 11 o'clock service. So, so come check us out.
So, so good. Thanks for having me, Jay Dan. All right. What a fun interview. You notice how we, we ran out of things that we had planned to talk about, and then after that we talked for 20 more minutes. Don't you just love people? That you, do you have people in your life like that that you can talk to, and then when you run out of words, you still find more words to talk? I love it. Pastor uh, Becky is, is, is an amazing woman, and uh, her, uh, obviously her husband, Pastor Jim, he's, they've been dear friends ever since they came to Trinity in the early 90s. And uh, just thank God for them. They've championed our ministry, Forgiven Felons. The church has bought, uh, bought us a, 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 a practically a brand-new passenger van you know, uh, when we first got started. It was incredible. And uh, they've just been big supporters of our ministry and, and big supporters of the, the reformer in us. And listen, I, I don't want to, she said so many good things, and I don't want to like, I don't want to take away from that. So just know that between what she said and the book I read in, in prison called The Dream Giver, God's given all of us a dream. He's given us all a gift. We may not know what it is. We may not, it may not stir us up right now, but you can pray and ask God to help stir that, to start to begin stirring that gift up, to begin stirring that passion up. Because in, in the, the simple prayer that I love to pray is, God, break my heart for what breaks yours. And, and when you pray that prayer, when you pray that prayer, he begins to show you uh, his compassion. And you begin to feel it when you look at others. The way Jesus, when Becky was talking about the way Jesus looked out in the crowd and he had compassion. And so, man... I'm just going to, the rest of this time is going to be talking about the conference. You need to be there. Uh, again, I'm leading a panel that has Richard Miles, wrongfully convicted. He's on my podcast. Uh, episode two, Priscilla Bordeo, who advocates for victims of sexual and physical abuse, as well as the perpetrators to get the proper rehabilitation that they need. Uh, Mike Ware from the Innocence Project of Texas. Leah Metzler from the Epicenter. Uh, talking about the second look bill. And then we're uh, also going to have Representative Carl Sherman there. It's going to be a fun panel. There's going to be a breakout session. But listen, whatever area you feel stirred up in, that conference has it. So go to Reformers, R-E-F-O-R-M-E-R-S, co, dot com. And that co stands for collective, Reformers Collective. This is the first conference. We're, we're gathering all these all these reformers, and we're going to encourage the young reformers that haven't, haven't found their place or don't know where to go, what to do, and, uh, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be informative, and it's going to be encouraging. So uh, the, it, the, the link is in the show notes, and also the link to that, uh, that sermon from Joshua Giles is in the show notes. Listen. Listen to that whole thing. It's incredible. It had me so pumped up. And ready to take new territory, new land in our in, 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 for our ministry and just in our community. So, thank you for listening. We're going to say a prayer over Pastor Becky and the conference, real quick. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up Pastor Becky to you. We thank you for what you've done in her life, in her heart. We thank you for the lives that have been impacted through through Becky. We thank you for the numerous lives that will be impacted in the future through Becky and everything she's done. Thank you for the legacy that she is, is already started here and, and planning on going another 20 years, she said. We cover her family in prayer, in Jesus' name. We cover her in uh, prayer for strength, endurance, putting on a conference, 
is, is hard work. Putting it on for the very first time is even harder. So, Lord, we just ask, we lift up the conference uh, coordinators, everybody who's involved in volunteering. We lift them all up to you, and we ask you to just bring it all together these last, uh, last 10, 11 days. Bring it all together. Give them everything they need financially, physically, logistically. Give them everything they need, and, and let the hearts that, of the people that come to the conference, let, their, let the fire be fanned uh, let, let the flames be fanned into a fire that just allows them to go back and change their community. We pray travel on everybody coming uh, from out of town, and we just lift this conference up to you, and we pray a peace of God that passes all understanding to guard Pastor Becky's heart and everybody who's involved in this conference. And we pray for everybody who comes to this conference. And Lord, we just lift up everybody now, everybody who's listening. We pray that you just... Even if they can't come to the conference, even if they're in prison, jail, wherever, we lift them up to you today, Lord. We lift the, the addict up to you. We lift up the, uh, the, uh, the person addicted to porn, the person addicted to, to drugs and alcohol, we, the person addicted to gossip. We lift them up too. Lord, we lift everybody up to you today. We know your love, grace, and mercy changes people. And we ask you to change someone's heart today, that person sitting right there. The person riding in that car, that person sitting in that jail cell, change their heart today. Change their mind. Change the way they see. Break their heart for what breaks yours. We love you, Lord, and we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we'll see you all next week on Background Check. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check podcast brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.